here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome, everyone. You are at the right place at the right time here at the Success Patterns Show, where we put the do in learn, do, teach. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I am the CEO of the Center of NLP and the owner and founder of the Success Pattern Movement. And I couldn't be more excited about this show today because I have, well, almost a fellow countryman. It feels like he is a fellow countryman. Um, This show was designed with your success in mind as we are going and kind of peeling back the layers of how people got to the success that they have today. Um, The quality of our success starts with the attitude towards it. And if you have an attitude and you have a negative attitude towards, well, I am entitled to have success, success is probably not necessarily flowing to you because it's not a sustainable strategy. Success is an interesting thing, though. It it shapes its meaning uh, within each individual success seeker, if you will, because everyone defines success a little bit different. And it's not limited to business or personal. Um, It kind of weaves in and out and, and it balances it out. Success is modeled in patterns, behavior, and strategies. And Tony Robbins is known for saying, success leaves clues. I say success comes in patterns. So a pattern is an example for others to follow. And in this success pattern show, we decode these patterns that led to the success of our guest experts. So you can then encode it in your own life for your own success starting right now. As humans, we're hardwired for hands-on application by living teachers, and that's why we're here, and that's why you're here, to learn from our guest experts, our living teachers, because we are not theoreticians, because they just kind of talk a good game. Here are grand masters at work, and we're going to give you... I'm going to model success for you. And when you fine tune your hearing, you will be able to identify the steps to get to success. Success is yours. We have an incredible show. Stay to the very end. Our guest expert has brought um, us gifts and goodies. So uh, I want to jump right in and get started because this gentleman that I have here is retired after 39 years in innovation and in engineering, he's worked with a large, uh, I don't even know, a, a Fortune 50 company probably. He'll tell us. He speaks over four languages. He um, has uh, had global responsibility back when he worked in corporate America. And he had to learn things the hard way. And we're going to hear, hear a little bit more about that today. He loves to share his insights when it comes to innovation and when it comes to insights about himself um, of how he went through life and went through his career. 
and he wrote books. He speaks at conferences. He coaches folks. Uh, he spent more, like I said, more than 40 years in this specific industry as an engineer, as a leader, as a consultant. He's originally from Lux Luxembourg, and I couldn't be more excited and honored to have Nobel uh, Majerus with us here today. Nobel, thank you for being here on the Success Pattern Show. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I am so excited. Today is a great show. So, Nobel, when we first got to meet each other, um, and, and I you know, read your bio, very impressive, 40 years in innovation and engineering, and, and I jumped to a conclusion. Well, clearly, <laughs> Nobel is a very left-brain person being 40 years in innovation and engineering, and then Nobel told me this. What did you tell me, Norbert? Well, uh, actually, I'm a totally right-brain person. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very creative. Uh, I'm, uh, I mean, uh, not only right-brain uh, uh, in terms of being creative, but also uh, right-brain, uh, including the emotional part and everything that, that, that comes with it. I don't know why I went into engineering. And um, I worked as a right-brain person in a totally left-brain, very conservative uh, company my whole career. And um, it, it had challenges, I have to say that. It, it was challenging. I, I bet. And there's a piece of loyalty in that, that you would stick around for 40 years. Well, okay. There I can, that I can answer. Uh, the good part, uh, by the way, I worked uh, for, for Goodyear, Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. And um, the good part uh, at Goodyear, Goodyear is very innovative, very conservative, but also very innovative. So at least they let me um, uh, try out things. Not always, but, uh, uh, but, but for the most uh, part. And the other thing, I always got to do something new, something different. Every three or four years, I was moved some other place. And that was mm -hmm. good because I could not have um, uh, uh, as a right-brained uh, as I am. Uh, uh, I, it would have been a challenge. But then on the other side, um, I would consider myself a little bit even-brained. I, um, I studied engineering and I did very well in school. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm able to speak an engineering language. Uh, I, love, um, I love data, the uh, the only, the biggest challenge that I had as an engineer is um, I went into engineering because I didn't like to work with people. And, um, but the reason is that I had no skills and I never really learned how to do that. And over the years, and especially uh, later in my career, when I got involved in, uh, in lean and um, uh, operational excellence and things like that, I finally learned how to how to uh, how to deal with people through concepts like respect for people, uh, uh, humble leadership, um, uh, those kind of things. Uh, finally, let me uh, learn the basics, and uh, I, I would even, I would never say that I'm um, that I'm an expert in dealing with people. But at least at the end of my career, I became comfortable in it. So um, that's. You, <laughs> You're clearly an expert in innovation and engineering, and you shared with me um, at one point that you had you were part, or even you as the person. You, please help me clarify. Uh, in charge of sixty patents. 
Yeah, well, those are uh, that's uh, uh, patents that I got over my career. I'm just counting the American ones there. It, uh, I'm a very creative person, and uh, uh, creative people have a place in engineering, by the way. Uh, they can be great entrepreneurs. They can be, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, there is something what I call industrial creativity, and that's how. The, the big companies make the big money, as, as far as I'm concerned. I, I still do not, I still believe that uh, creativity and innovation is probably the, for most companies, a very, very fast path uh, to revenue and uh, to success and uh, especially to winning in, in, their, uh, in their industry. So uh, I, uh, I, I believe there is a place for uh, right brain people in engineering. And uh, uh, clearly, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we have evidence for that. You're sitting right here. Now, what really struck me out, and I didn't read it in your bio, but I do want to speak to it because it's a very interesting thing that you wrote in your bio, and, and, it, and it reads, I wish I had known what I know now earlier in my life, because you would have chosen a different career. Uh, yes, I would probably still have ended up in, uh, in, in, in an engineering career. Okay. However, um, I would have... Um, instead of hiding behind a computer and uh, uh, avoiding every human contact possible and, uh, and not being comfortable. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I, I was always comfortable with people. If everything goes right, if they don't argue and if, ever, uh, if there's no conflict, of course, it's fine. But uh, to, um, to get comfortable at dealing with all these different situations uh, around people, that is something that I was that I to was totally uh, missing in my uh, earlier in my career. I was never even taught it. I was sent to to leadership classes and so on, but I don't think I ever understood what they were talking about. But then uh, later, when uh, when I got involved with Lean and um, uh, the, the the Toyota manufacturing system and all those uh, kind of things, I learned. Um, I learned respect for people. I learned humble leadership. I learned uh, servant leadership. And all of a sudden, those things started to make sense to me. And, uh, and of course, I tried them out immediately. And, and they worked, okay? They, they worked very well. So um, I wish uh, in my college education, they would have had a class about uh, how to manage people. Uh, and, uh, and I would have... Uh, chosen a different path, not the path where I'm hiding behind a computer with a sign, uh, please leave me alone, I'm, uh, I'm thinking here. And uh, I would have uh, sought out that, uh, that interaction, that contact, and um, uh, had uh, moved uh, into a career of, of leadership, of managing people and so on, rather than a career where I'm uh, just uh, uh, out there with my data and... Uh, <laughs> And, do you regret? Computer. Do you regret the forty years that you spent in uh, engineering no, and innovation? So. No, I don't. I don't think so. It. Uh, it I always had fun. I, I have to say, that. I always had fun. Uh, sometimes it got frustrating, and but uh, as I said, I moved around a lot, and uh, the fact that I had global responsibilities, I moved uh, 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 around uh, working with different cultures, different countries. Something that I really enjoyed that diversity and and so on. So no, I uh, I would probably uh, I would probably uh, uh, 
stick with engineering, creativity, but um, uh, the, uh, more uh, in a more engaging and in a more um, people-centric role than, uh, than I've ever been. If you could go back to little Norbert, to <laughs> the, 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 the kid that grew up in uh, Luxembourg and then decided to go to university in Saarbrücken in Germany, what would you tell him? Well, uh, I uh, sometimes I joke about this, but I blame it all on the fact that uh, that uh, kindergarten in my country was taught uh, totally different than uh, kindergarten is taught in the United States. And when my kids grew up, I couldn't believe what they learned in kindergarten. I said, "Well, I wish I had learned all this stuff in uh, uh, in, uh, in in kindergarten." But that um, so um, that. Uh, I, I think um, uh, my kids learned stuff in kindergarten that I didn't learn in my in my whole career, and I wish uh, I would have learned those things through high school, through uh, through college, and so on. And uh, that is something that uh, that I missed. I also um, missed the opportunities in my home country. Luxembourg is a tiny little country, yes. and mm -hmm. um, I um, I did leave the country to go to Germany for college, and I think that was way overdue. Uh, not that I don't love that country; it's, it's a wonderful place to live. But uh, it, it uh, you it is you have only one or two uh, no colleges in the country when I was there. Uh, only one school, and um, uh, it it was uh, no virtually only one or two companies that you could think about going to work for if you want to stay in that country. It um, there, there was a lost a little lack of opportunity. Now, of course, that's not the case anymore. Now you have a computer, you have an internet, you have uh, uh, even Luxembourg has a college now, and so on. So it, it has changed tremendously. But uh, of course, that is also something that played a major role. The lack of, you, you, lack of diverse opportunities. For sure, for sure. And, and culturally, in the era that you were brought up, you know, being this, maybe supporting the whole child, the holistic yeah. child, I don't know which school your children went to in kindergarten. I, you know, our children went to Montessori schools. So, you know, I, I appreciate the exploring what is and what else could be out there right and i think yeah that, uh, yeah 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 and uh, in fact uh, we had the choice uh, uh, we went through that discussing schools and uh, we uh, purposely put our kids in um, in a school where they uh, they was in america from the kindergarten where they would uh, where they would experience all the diversity they could diversity in mm -hmm. terms of uh, of people around them uh, religions um, uh, you name it uh, races you name it we, we, we really uh, uh, that was very important to us always that the kids uh, get the full experience of all the diversity that's there and putting them everywhere possible they 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 played the, the, uh, in the band they did drama they played sports they were in uh, in the academic uh, challenges they were everywhere they could go just to make sure they experienced that diversity for me that's very important it, I know growing up we didn't have that in the schools in even in Germany <laughs> so I can only imagine how it was like in Luxembourg and Luxembourg yeah. is beautiful. It's a oh, beautiful, beautiful country, country that I visited many times. Yeah. Um, 
there is there's something that you have done over time that you 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 shared with us you learned um the lean methodology and yeah. and and really not just learned it and studied it but yeah. it sounds like you applied it you you internalized yes. it you yes. you made it yours yeah it was more than that um I was actually, when I got challenged, to implement it in an innovation center. I mean, mm -hmm. doesn't fit there, okay? And that's what everybody said. It can't, a lot of people, you could read oh, uh, everywhere, don't try this. This is, this is an uphill battle. It doesn't fit there. All this standardization and, uh, and all those things uh, uh, that... Um, uh, that doesn't fit with creativity. And when I bought it, uh, and, and I didn't want to do it at the beginning. It took a lot of convincing from uh, uh, the, 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 my leader at that time to get me uh, uh, try to do it. But at the end of the day, it fitted perfectly. I mean, it, it, all you have to do is figure out how to make it work. And, uh, and that was a challenge for me. That was a creative challenge for me in an engineering environment, which I absolutely loved. And uh, we had very big success with it. And uh, it works extremely well. And in fact, uh, the, the center that, uh, that we implemented it, uh, we, uh, we did get the... the um, uh, the, the AME award, which is a very prestigious award for operational excellence, it's meant for manufacturing, but we did it, we got it for uh, an innovation center, and we're very proud about that. Uh, and um, uh, so that was a real challenge. That was uh, something I love to do. And then um, at the end, uh, Goodyear let me write a book about it. Uh, I wrote my first book, Lean Driven Innovation, about what we did there and how we did it. And I really appreciate that I did get the opportunity to share that, to, to share what we learned there. And um, it... Um, as I said, it uh, it was probably the funnest uh, uh, assignment that I ever had. It was also where I learned to work with people, and it was where I had to learn with the, to work with people. It wouldn't but have kind of threw in the deep end. <laughs> there we go. It, uh, it a big thing that I learned. All these uh, books that you read about it, it's all principles and so on, and the tools and so on. But I learned that. Um, the biggest challenge is the people that you work with. You, you have to change their behaviors. You have to change the behaviors of leadership, uh, by all means. Uh, you have to coach upwards and, uh, and change the behaviors uh, of the leaders. And to have our, our chairman stand in front of a group that I brought in and say how great this whole thing is, I mean, it, that blew my mind. Uh, the, the, even the chairman, all the way up to the chairman, they were believers. In, and uh, so uh, that that was actually a, a lot of fun. And uh, I want to come back to the book that you wrote, and I know that you wrote another book. Um, and I also want to come back to you inviting challenge because you're like the innovation, you know, <laughs> master. Um, but you said something, and I want to tap into that before I move on, and that is. You got to change people's behavior. Yes. How in the world do you change someone's behavior? Share well, with us. Well, uh, the, the, the psychologists tell you, um, uh, well, of course, common sense. Uh, you, uh, you, you, uh, you teach them and teach them and teach them and uh, uh, you hope that they eventually get it and then change their behaviors. But the psychologists tell you, you have to do it the other way around. They tell you, you change the behaviors first. And once you are succeeded to change the behaviors, 
then the beliefs will follow automatically. Well, that is something that is really hard to do. And again, mm -hmm. uh, I'm an engineer. I'm not a psychologist at all. But I, uh, I think I learned uh, enough about it. And um, uh, for me, uh, what to give you one example, uh, I engaged our leaders in coming to teach all this stuff. And they weren't believers at all when they came, but they, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, well, okay, what, what's wrong with coming for, for 15 minutes into a class and, uh, and helping you with the class? But it was amazing how I, witness, I witnessed how their behaviors changed because they started to behave like uh, they were teaching. And at the end of the day, uh, the beliefs followed and they became huge, big um, uh, believers in this whole thing and gave me more support than I could ever have dreamed about. That's just one one example how you uh, uh, how you uh, how you can engage uh, uh, the leaders and coach upwards. Would you would you say you're a trailblazer in that sense that you kind of model it for them and then just kind of threw them like you said in the deep end and then they just had to swim? <laughs> Well, no, not really. Like they wasn't really. Uh, uh, it, it was. It wasn't really that bad. It. Um, it was just. Um, yes, and uh, another one that works extremely well. Uh, if you have a little success somewhere, you really have to to talk about it and make sure everybody understands. Hey, this thing may work, and uh, that that's a great tool to uh, to engage uh, people uh, on all uh, on all the the different levels. Uh, of course, uh, education uh, is a very important one, but uh, the education cannot stop at just the technical piece and the principles. Mm -hmm. The education goes into the people part, and it has to involve um, how you uh, change the culture eventually, because at yeah. the end of the day, uh, the culture has to change. Uh, if, if the culture doesn't change, it ends with, uh, with the current um, uh, the job assignments. The, the, the minute a leader leaves, uh, everything is gone. But if you succeed to change the culture, then it stays and then it, uh, it, will, uh, uh, it will continue. Uh, but uh, to an interesting point that uh, you talked about uh, the books. And um, my first book uh, was all about how to do it, uh, the principles and everything. But then, as I learned, it's all about the people. I was thinking about writing another book, and I was thinking about it. But how can I get that message across, the people part across? Because if I write bullet lists and so on, I can't bring the feelings in there. I can't bring the emotions in there. I can't bring the frustrations in there and so on. So I decided to write a business novel, which was totally crazy, by the way. And uh, uh, here's the engineer who, uh, uh, who, who was never able to write a decent essay in his whole life, trying to write a business novel, uh, an all-invented story that brings out, um, uh, that brings out um, uh, the emotions, the, the challenges, the, the frustrations, uh, the feelings, and so on, and combine that with the scientific principles and everything. And um, it, uh, I, uh, I wrote it with a gentleman, um, uh, uh, George Tanninis, and uh, George is, is actually a book writer. And I remember his face the first time I talked to him. I said, George, would you help me write this thing? You must be kidding me, right? <laughs> but then, uh, then eventually, uh, he um, he got it. I mean, he had so much fun doing it, just as much as I do. 
coming up with all these stories. And we wrote it the opposite way because uh, I, I talked to a lot of people who are experts in, in business novels and so on. They said, you have to have a story first. Well, I didn't have a story. I'm sorry. I, I just had lots of um, stuff that I remembered. And by the way, pretty much everything in the book is, had actually happened like that. I just put different people in it and so on. And then um, it um, uh, every time there was something that came up that I wanted to put in the book, I thought, how can I come up with a story around this? But uh, uh, right brain, I'm right brained enough to do that. So I had no challenge. That was no problem. And I always came up with the right story to get. Uh, so, what's get the book much. called? Oh, it's uh, called, this is uh, called Winning Innovation. And it is about, actually, uh, this is another um, uh, aspect that I uh, like to bring in. Uh, the, the book is about a company, uh, they, sub, uh, they made race bicycles in Italy, and they won all the races. But their business was uh, uh, not doing well. They just didn't know how to win in the business. And they eventually it dawned on them, hey, we, we just do it the same way, the same passion that we have out there to win on the road. Maybe we should learn how to do that in the, uh, in the, in the company. And so, and then it evolves. And of course, at the end, uh, it has a happy end. At the end, everything, uh, everything works out. Uh, works out so winning innovation, I would say definitely get that book because it sounds like just from the quick one minute that you gave us about the book, <laughs> that it, it already has the success pattern in it that you shared with us. And you, you yes. made use of one of the success <laughs> patterns and then, you know, translated it to something Right. Similar in their business. I think it has most of them in there. It has yeah. all of them in there that I know. Mm -hmm. Now, that's saying an innovator, an engineer that has gone to love people. Um, I would say, guys, uh, whoever's watching this out there, watching the live, watching the recordings, go get the book, Win Winning Innovation. Now, before we end, and gosh, I can't believe that we're already coming close to an end. You love challenge. That I, it, it oozes out of you. I think you're really good at overcoming challenges, sounds like to me. You are how, how does one, other than you know, studying about lean and really implementing it, how does one going from innovation and engineering to coaching and 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 writing, you know, business novels and 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 being so open, being on the show that's not scripted, you didn't have, you know, clear uh, outlines before. How is that shift? Well, it's uh, you. You have to have an open mind and always uh, when something new comes up. With I tell people, try it out. Try it. I never, nobody could have ever convinced me to become an author and write uh, uh, fiction, okay? Uh, business fiction. I would have said, and in fact, it happened that way, and, and a publisher approached me and said, do you ever think about writing a book? I said, you must be out of your mind, okay? Uh, uh, but, uh, but then I tried it, and it was fun, and it... Uh, and and that's what uh, that's what kept me uh, in it and kept me doing it. Uh, if it is a challenge, try it and try different ways. Not only run into one brick wall. If it doesn't go that way, well, try another one. Try another avenue. You, you will figure it out. And uh, and then go seek help. And uh, I offer help to everybody. And in fact, uh, 
Just Google my name and uh, call me, text me. I promise you I will call you back and, uh, and see if I can help you. Uh, that uh, I learned that a long time ago too. I, uh, I, somebody said, how do you, I'm a consultant, but I don't do a lot of consulting, but somebody said, I, do you advertise? I said, no. I said, well, well, what do you do? I said, well, if somebody asks me for help, I help them, okay? And if it uh, develops into uh, an, an assignment, uh, maybe I take it, but most stuff that I do, I don't, uh, I just help the people. And that's it. And that is, that is truly what you learned uh, that that's the true definition of being a servant leader of part that Correct. you have integrated. <laughs> he, so, so to, to, to wrap up, Norbert is a servant leader with an array of, of knowledge when it comes to innovation and engineering. He is a, I would say if we look at, uh, and this is part of what I taught the last seven days in his whole gestalt in his whole being, he's a beautiful balance of left brain and right brain and no, but you brought us a gift. What's the gift? Well, uh, you said that, uh, what is it? Um, uh, some people who will contact me, uh, I will uh, coach them, uh, help them. And, and, um, and you said, and you said one thing, no, but you said, I will help people. All they have to do is get in contact with me. I'll help correct. them. Yes. Guys, I promise. I, I I don't, I don't know how much clearer we have. Uh, yeah. Well, it, when you can, I think it would be probably a better, better uh, way to put it because you have a wealth of knowledge, 40 plus years in innovation as an engineer in corporate America, uh, written two books, uh, implementing lean was the first book. What was the, was, what was the name of the first book again? Oh, the first book oh, is called lean driven innovation. Lean driven innovation. That is beautiful. So definitely get both books, winning innovation and lean, uh, lean in innovation. Lean driven innovation. So for the first five that will send an email to norbert.majeris at gmail.com. That's N-O-R-B-E-R-T dot M-A-J-E-R-U-S at gmail.com, norbertmajeris at gmail.com. The first five uh, will get to spend time with Norbert and God knows what's going to come out of that <laughs> session because I, I can't wait to hear all of that. Norbert, we're going to have to have you back on the show because we want to hear what happened um, as you were, as you, you know, as people were reaching out, what greatness came out of that. So norbert.majeris at gmail.com and Basically, you can Google him, Norbert Majerus. Oh, yeah. It's 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 similar to Brigitte Höfele. There's yeah. only one Norbert Majerus <laughs> out there, so just Google him. You'll find him. Make sure that you, in the subject line that you put in, that you saw him on the Success Pattern Show so he knows where you guys are coming from. Norbert, um, any last words that you have for us? Well, uh, I just want to thank you for inviting me, giving me an opportunity to share. I I, uh, I love to do that. Uh, thanks for inviting me, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. And if you want to know more, as Brigitte said, just uh, Google my name. You will find me. Send me an email. Uh, I will answer it. And uh, I'd love to do that. Thank you, Norbert. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for being here. Tune in again next week on Tuesday at four thirty Eastern time, same place, same time. Until then, see you. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufalet.